Welcome to this edition of Cisco Champion Radio. Today we'll be talking about Cisco DNA Center with our Cisco expert, Prakash Rajamani. Our Cisco Champion hosts today are Darren Fulwell and Peter Jan Nefkins. As for me, I'm Brett Shore from the Cisco Champion program, and I'll be playing the part of the moderator. Prakash, if you can introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, that would be a great start. Hey, Prakash Rajamani, I lead the product management uh, strategy team for DNA Center. I've been with the DNA Center program for the last two and a half years from the very beginning inception of the product, from a concept all the way to the very first version, seeing it through multiple releases now. Prior to this, I was heading prime infrastructure from a management perspective, worked on multiple management products, SP Enterprise, and spent a bunch of years in Cisco IT, managing operating real networks and taking those best practices and bringing them to the product. So that's, that's my background, I mean, coming down all the way down here. Great, thanks Prakash. Now, to Darren, uh, please introduce yourself, let us know who you are and what okay. you do. I'm uh, Darren Fulwell, I'm a network architect, um, working for a, a reseller in the UK. So I'm just basically taking the products that you guys put together and, uh, and making sense for them for, for our customers. Thanks Darren. Peter Jan, same yeah. for you please. My name is Peter Jan Efkens, I'm working both as a consultant as well as for a large shared service provider in the Dutch government. And we've been trying out DNA centers since the first public available version. So we've got our hands dirty on several aspects of DNA Center. Great, thanks Peter Jan. Now Darren, I'll pass it over to you to start uh, asking questions. Yeah, sure. Um, Prakash, great to meet you. Thanks for coming. Um, DNA Center, for our uh, listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, do you want to give them the sort of thousand mile high view of uh, sure. what it is? Uh, yeah, I mean, thanks Darren, nice to talk to you as well. Uh, DNA Center has been our Cisco's flagship controller analytics management strategy for the last two plus years. Uh, we first launched this almost like four Cisco lives ago in uh, all the way back in the Vegas in 2016, and we introduced the concept of DNA Center with SDA at the time, all aligned to intent-based networking. Intent-based networking is an industry term. It is not something that Cisco is defining, is defined and managed by analysts where they talk about how do you take the network and drive everything from an intent perspective? Cisco's answer to that intent-based networking is DNA Center. Here, we have two important components. An intent-based networking depends on how you can configure your intent into the network, which is a simple part, because you can take an intent and talk about it and say, how do I prioritize QoS? And how do I prioritize applications and translate that and configure the network? The most important part with IBM is not about just configuring the intent, but getting the context back from the network to understand, is my intent still being valid? Is it real? And how do I make the change dynamically to make sure my intent stays the same? Because you guys know better than anybody else. When somebody wants to prioritize a critical application in the network, the rule stays the same. They're not saying it is critical today, it is not critical tomorrow. So how do you make sure it is continuously working that way? That's kind of the big picture of what we want to accomplish and with the, DNS. And of course, do not interrupt. One intent breaks the other intent on the network as well, because there are many intents on the network and they all need to run together. Great point, Peter. It's basically where we have seen these things where how customers even sometimes have a confusion on, how do I enable a service in the network? And then suddenly you see that a security person comes in and says, by the way, whatever you have enabled does not focus on security, 
and it broke my security violation and that breaks one intent to another. It's a great example that we've seen many customers do because the pressure that they have to enable a new service is so fast right now. I guess the idea of centralizing that, that intent as well is, it helps cover that, that scenario because if we see once upon a time and you configured every single box individually, you had to go there and make sure that that intent was configured in, in, on every single box yeah. separately, right? Yeah, and, and it helps you because you're going to define intents on DNA center and you build, define basically a, a set, set of building blocks and DNA Center will then provision that on the network and will validate that it's actually still be running at the same time. And that's a great point because traditionally configuration has been thought as a device and what configure you push. When you get to intent, you guys hit it right. It's not about intent at a device layer, it's intent at a network layer. And how do you configure something from a network perspective, not configure something from a device perspective, and that's a big part of what we're trying to accomplish with DNA Center. Yeah, so you've been working with DNA Center since the beginning, and it's now publicly available for just about a year, uh, roughly a bit more than a year, and just DNA Center was released, the uh, DNA Center 128, I believe, has just been released. Uh, can you tell a little bit about that new release that has just been out? Asher uh, Peter, we launched the DNA Center Assurance last year in Barcelona. That was a big thing. Network is always here inside into network. Now, fast forward a year, we just launched the one to eight release on DNA Center. This is the latest release that we have. We almost do a release every four months now. And with this latest release, we bought a couple of critical features. One, we bought HA as an FCS feature in this release. So customers who are running this in the production network want to make sure DNA Center is a critical part of the network component as full HA support to it. So we bought that feature as an FCS capability into this release uh, and, and made that available. The second thing that we made, again, FCS capable in this one is the concept of plug and play. We had long had plug and play routes from Epic on where we have had a huge uptick, especially in Europe here, where a lot of customers have used the APIs to automate day zero deployment. Yeah. Now we have taken the plug and play APIs in the day zero deployment construct integrated them into the DNA Center workflows for how do you create profiles, how do you make that so repeatable, how can you extend that not just from a day zero perspective to continue on to day two, is something new that we've added in the one to eight release. Yeah, yeah I think that was a, an important omission, well not an omission, but, but something that was we were waiting for was to see that, that ability to, to have the day two support. Um, it's great yes. to be able to spin stuff up and get that sort of zero touch but then to be able to maintain it and, and carry on with that, that's really yeah. important. And with PNP, it's for non-fabric also. So it's not only software-defined access, but if you run classic VLANs, you can use DNA Center to configure using PNP and the day two operations as well. And that's really a key advantage. Uh, I must say compliments, because I've used DNA Center plug and play a bit, and compared to Prime, it actually saves the variables. So I only need to put in the variable once, and if I redeploy that template for the same device, I do not need to import that variables again. So thank you very much. Thanks, Peter. That brings me to another critical feature that we have also added. Not only do we have variables with templates that retain, we've also expanded templates to have version control with them. So as you look at day two, and you're operating on templates, you create templates to deploy to the network. Day two comes and you want to change the template. We have, like a software, we have version control, so as you get to the next version and the next version, 
we know that the template versions get updated, it reflects back to the profile to say, these devices need changes because they've been updated but not pushed to the network, and then you can push those changes to the network from a data See, that, perspective. That's brilliant, that's, that is a big, a big gap. That's a good one yeah. to fill. Yeah, you do need to commit. If you do not commit, you know, cannot put that template in a network profile, talking from experience. Yep. <laughs> so, um, it's one to eight now, and over the past six months, I've seen a couple of minor updates. Um, will there be a coming a major update? Can you tell something about it? Is a major update planned, and what can you tell of that? Or will we continue keeping minor updates at a high pace? So, a couple of things that we have done. One, you see that we have run the one to train for a really long time, right? Uh, and that reflects basically, infra-wise, what are we changing? Uh, DNA Center is made up of an infra layer and app stack layers on top. The apps are automation, SDA, assurance. These are application layer solutions that we have. And then there's the infra layer, which is based on microservice architecture with big data and stream processing that we do. The infra layer, we try to tend to keep them pretty stable, run them longer, so you will see us not make too many changes to that. But the app layer, will be periodically updated almost on a every three week basis because one, in this day and age, we want to be more responsive to you as a customer coming to us and saying, hey, I'm seeing this, this is a challenge for me for deployment, how can we quickly respond? It's easy for us to respond at the app layer, but not at the infra layer. So you see us doing more releases every three weeks almost as patch releases on top. So they'll come as, as application updates or whatever that are will automatically update or will, it, will you need to... to we, we, we started with automatic update. Sure. We want to get to the iPhone model of everybody's holy grail, yeah, get yeah. people to the latest, greatest. Our uptick on 128 has been awesome. We are, have about 70% of our customers now in 128. We have telemetry data that tells us about that kind of information. So automatic updates not, but we do have an ability for you to know when new updates are available download them, and then deploy them as you see fit within a change window, so yes. So, well, that's great. I mean, um, it's great to have that platform stability uh, because that will help a lot of customers that have DNA center. They want to have the application updated, but to update your core operating system and infrastructure, you don't want to do that every month or every two months. So that's actually a very good decision from you guys. You mentioned then the applications that sit on top of the, the platform. What, what other applications possibly that coming along, we, we talked about assurance and we talked about um, SDA and yep. what have you. Um, I hear, you know, potentially integrating SD1 uh -huh. into, the, into the environment is a, is a thing. So, so one of the big launches in This Is Collive was around cross-domain. How can DNA Center with SDA interact with ACI? How does ACI interact with SD1? Because end of the day, if you see IBM, IBM is not just around DNA center and networking, it's for the end whole end-to-end end right? end yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. So your policy from a user to an app is the same, whether you're running it within DNA center yeah, or whether your app is running and managed by ACI in the cloud. It's the holy grail, right? Is to have that, that single policy from one end to the other. Right, yeah. so, so in that sense, with the next patch release that's coming in one to 10, you will see us support DNA center, SDA with ACI integration. So what policy you create within SDA fabric can be mapped to policies created within ACI using ICE, okay. where we are mapping the SDTs to the EPGs to make that translation happen seamlessly 
So as a customer who's deploying a full Cisco network with SDA, ACI, things come together. Same thing, similarly, as we start looking at how SDA and SD-WAN can cooperate together, given the networking technologies, today, it has to go over the top for an SD-WAN across sites. Yeah, sure. Over time, in the upcoming releases, you will see us do a seamless integration where you can take an SDA network, encapsulate the SGTs within the SD-WAN traffic and bring it back out and then take it back out and also maintain how a virtual network within our SDA fabric maps to a VRF in an SD-WAN network and maintain that segmentation tools as well. These are things that are in progress. You'll see us come to market in the next six to 12 months. Fantastic. Great, that's great. Just, just thinking out loud, DNA Center with the launch was very much focused on SDA. And SDA has made huge leaps forward, but there's such a huge install base on using non-fabric, as I tend to call it, using classic VLANs. What would be the focus for the coming year, if you're able to elaborate a little bit on that? What, what can we expect as a customer for the coming year? And Great I know point. you can't explain, of course, what we will see next year, and <laughs> hopefully Barcelona again, but... Yes, so let me give you a little bit of insight into product strategy-wise, where do you go, right? When we started DNA Center, of course, the first release was SDA, the second release was Assurance, and then we launched DNA Center platform as a third launch in three consecutive Cisco lives. As you said, we know customers' network is not all SDA. They have like non-fabric for 90% of the network. They're starting SDA on one building. We have seen some customers go back to four buildings. Uh, I think we have about 25, 30,000 users in, in running SDA in some customers. So, so that's the journey. So we do know that we want to manage the entire network, which means we should support both fabric and non-fabric. Part of that first step is how we merged the PNP app and bought all of them into one unified non-fabric workflow. The second thing that we have, should have seen enhanced in the last two, three releases was around software image management and how we make that integrated into some of your P-certs and end-of-life rules so that you as a user can start thinking planning how you do software updates in one central place, but then align that to deployment models where you can see how we integrated pre-check verifications, how we can do post-check verifications, how we integrate this into IT processes with ServiceNow integration. So bringing that whole cycle together is key from an operational perspective, sure. because to realize full value for our customers with DNA Center, we believe networking piece is a small piece of the pie of an IT process. So just automating the network piece. It's an important one. <laughs> it's an important piece, but doesn't will not give you the full cost oh, saving. Yeah, you need to, to it's the operational um, responsibility of right. the environment, isn't it? You need to make sure that, that this is giving you the right um, information, the right visibility to be a, of operational benefit. To add to it, the next thing that we're looking at is also expanding assurance for non-fabric especially wired assurance, which has been a big question for all of us to say, hey, you're doing great on wireless, but I just sold Cat9K switches. What happens to wired assurance? In the upcoming release in one to 10, which is about two months away, you'll see us a great emphasis on wired assurance and wired KPIs and more visibility into device 360 and such, which will be a huge win for our customers to do more yeah. of the non-fabric deployments in par for across wired and wireless. Yeah. We're also simplifying wireless non-fabric use cases where 
we are trying to get parity with all of the prime capabilities so that you can go deploy or migrate your prime customers into DNA Center to really run everything from DNA Center and those kind of features are also coming into DNA Center as well. Yeah, and the, the key, what, what is really beautiful about DNA Center is also the API or the platform launch at last Cisco Live in US. It allows you as a developer, I'm also a DevNet guy, to, to really leverage those APIs and get that information. But you can also program the network. Any chance that that will be increased, I can run my own apps inside the DNA Center and make that integrate in the nice graphical user interface? Are there plans that I could do that, or do I always need to have it separately? Great question. Um, when we launched the platform, we focused on four important components. The first one was around APIs and how we expose APIs, be it network API or business API. That was a big piece. So how do we simplify IBN and how do we expose that as an API? We built a third-party SDK where you can build in non-Cisco devices, program that using our SDK, bring that into DNA Center. In that case, we do allow you as a customer, as a partner, to go build these device packs, certify that through our DNA Center certification program, which will be launching soon, and deploy them within DNA Center so that you, DNA Center can collect statistics from third-party devices and bring that in. Yeah. The third piece that we did was around integration adapters, and this is basically where you can build integration with IPAM, you can build integration with ITSM tools. Europe has been great. We have BT building their own IPAM integration. I have Orange looking to start building a ServiceNow integration on their own. I have Efficient IP, who's an ISV, who's building their own IPAM integration. So that is such an uptick, and those IPAM integrations need to run within DNA Center, be fully integrated into the external system. So there are certain cases where we would allow you to have those adapters run within DNA Center. Of course, we had about 25 different partners now that build different kinds of apps and solutions on top of DNA Center. Uh, one of our partners in the US, they built an app that I thought was fabulous, where they took our APIs. They were replacing 3850s with Cat9Ks, and they didn't want to read, config, and translate. They just read which interface, which MAC address was plugged, read the interface config, stored that in a database, pulled all the cables out, put a new cat and case, which reconnected any cable to any port, reread the MAC addresses, and repushed all the config. Something that used to take them eight to 10 hours to replace a switch, yeah. now was done in less than 10 minutes, where all they were doing was run the script, pull all the things, plug the new switch, connect back. The power is that. Yeah. Yeah. And the goal is not about exposing that or running that within DNA Center. What we would like to do is expose all of these so that it, it partners can take this, you guys can take this, and see how it fits and run your own operations on top of DNA Center rather than within DNA Center. So that's kind of directionally where yeah. we want to go. Okay, good. So just popped pop into my mind, a bit circling back. Last year you announced Assurance at Cisco Live. Yep. We're now one year ahead. What has been improved in Assurance? Can you give a brief high over over the past years? Oh, past year? Assurance has become, I would say, night and day between how we launched Assurance and where we are today. Uh, the, when we launched Assurance, the big focus was around how do we do issues, how we do correlation, how we build things into our graph engine from a technology perspective, how we can see users connected to different points, different dependencies, not just 
the latest, but different snapshots in time and how you go back. That was a big focus. Fast forward now today, as I said, we have now focused on modern application visibility and application assurance. So not only can you see a user, but you can see how the user interacts with all the applications. We already have Skype for Business integration, so we can see what calls the users are making and what is the experience of the user with those calls. We have done more streaming telemetry on user uh, onboarding for wireless, but not only that, extended that to do packet capture when things fail through the air, all in the click of a button on failure. Uh, so, I, so I can now do a packet capture from DNA center instead of going to the specific controller and put these specific CLI commands in to do a to start a packet capture. Yes, not only that, Peter, it's one thing to do packet capture. The other part that we have focused a lot is around how do we do packet capture, how we decrypt the packets, how do we extract the message from the packets and start translating that back into English for you yeah. as a customer so that you can debug and troubleshoot because wireless is more complex than wired in getting access to the network. That yes. A little bit more steps. So, so, so that's something that I get very excited about, talking about all of these new features on assurance that we have bought. And most importantly, one of the big feedback that you guys have bought back to us is, how do I get real-time updates on assurance? And I would say with one to eight, we are getting now almost near less than 15 seconds updates on assurance from the devices when things go wrong and reflect that and roll them up to the top. So I think we've come a long way from where we started a year ago to where we are. And I'm all excited about the one to 10 release, which is going to bring in wired assurance as well and really looking forward to that. Great, I'm looking forward for wired assurance as well. And so for our listeners, if you are running DNA Center, there's a very nice button on the right, which is called uh, make a wish. And if you run into an issue, just use that button, leave your name, email address, and your comments. I've done it a couple of times, and I got an answer back within 24 hours, which helped me, or they prov I provided enough feedback because well, something was not working completely as expected. So my compliments to that feature. It's really a good feature for a customer providing feedback directly on that specific page or that product. I think, I think that, yeah, the, the whole gooey kind of um, look and feel of the product is, uh, has come a long way, right? Compared to the old versions of Prime, which of course you're all, you're all familiar <laughs> I'm, with. I've right? known it for a long time, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. I've talked to you guys for, and you've given a ton of input. So we have learned, taken the input, brought that into the DNA center. Make-A-Wish is a great feature. We have dedicated PMs looking at this on a daily basis as it comes. So please continue to give us your feedback. We listen to that. There's also a central place where we collect all of these. You can go out there on not only what you are submitting, but also what other people have submitted. And, and that's something that, that, that you guys can leverage and reuse so that we, we know that it's something that not just what Darren cares, but also what Peter cares about the same thing. And then we give more priority to those as well. So, so, so yeah. One question, one last question before we have to close off is we've talked about integrations and well, there's, there are, Cisco has done quite a lot of acquisitions, SD-WAN, vManage, uh, AppDynamics. What would happen with integrations with DNAC on that? So integrations with different tools is something that we have inherently made it as part of our DNA for DNAC, right? Uh, the way we build our product, every part that we do, we put it as hooks to talk to external systems because that's kind of why when you configure a VLAN, you don't configure a VLAN, you configure a VLAN with an IP address that maps to the VLAN, so we built the IPAM integration. 
So similarly, the same thing goes. I mean, you have seen us do integration with Meraki, which we have done yeah. to bring in Meraki devices into one. Uh, we are looking at integration with security platforms to bring in and security devices so that you can bring that cross-launch into a security ah. products from DNA Center. So as we start looking at more acquisitions, which Cisco does in different domains, which are adjacent to us, we want to bring that visibility where we try to give you a centralized view, but then provide a cross-launch into the respective domains to double-click because you can't take all the capabilities of vManage and then put them into DNA Center because vManage is going to continue to evolve, uh, I mean evolve and grow, but at the same time we want to bring the one central view, and that's something that we are very cognizant. ACI as well, I guess. Um, and exactly, right? I mean, you saw as we kind of like started bringing, if people deploy 9500 in the campus for Nexus switches, we deploy, if we support that within DNA Center as a standalone switch. So, so we continue to do that, and we continue to evolve the product from that perspective as well. Thanks guys, great, great discussion. Um, I want to thank all of you, Prakash, especially for sharing your insight, and Pritian and Garen for hosting today's session. Uh, this has been Cisco Champion Radio. You can find this episode and others on iTunes and cisco.com slash go slash CCR. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.